Houston and Baylor's only regular season meeting is a matchup of Ken Palm's number one defense and the number four offense. Something's got to give. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Happy Friday. Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily year-round national college hoop show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He is Isaac Shade. What's up? He is talking now. That is fantastic news for all of us. That voice. Listen to back. my sultry voice. <laughs> Today's episode of Locked On College Basketball, folks, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers right now who join today, you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Isaac, it is a full preview episode today. We're getting ready for a fantastic weekend of college basketball games. We got some epic ranked on ranked games to talk about to start the show. We're also going to talk about the ever constant topic here in college basketball this year of ranked teams going on the road to take on unranked opponents. We got 10 of them coming up this weekend. We know they're not going to go 10 and 0. Who's going to lose? What is that going to do to the bubble? What is that going to do to the ranking? What if what if this was the weekend that bucked the whole be, It could be just because I said that. It could be a clean sweep. <laughs> clean sweep 10 uh, and 0. Just kind of like a, yeah, kind of evening things out after a season where they've done so poorly. Uh, we're going to close out the show getting into some of those bubble games as well, but Isaac, we got to start with an epic battle in the Big 12. Oh, man. There is so many elements to this battle between the number two ranked Houston Cougars heading on the road to Waco to take on the Baylor Bears, number 11. This game is at noon on CBS on Saturday. Uh, like we said in the open there, it is the number one defense in the country and Kelvin Sampson's squad taking on the number four offense in the country, Scott Drew and the Bears. And it is also the LJ Cryer game. <laughs> LJ Cryer, of course, spent three years with the Bears before transferring this offseason to Houston. It's kind of been the game we've been waiting for. A player who transferred to a school that last year was not in the same conference. So it did not appear like it was a comp- interconference transfer. But it was, and it is, because they're now in the same conference. They're now two of the top teams in the conference in the standings. Baylor would be in a better spot if they had not dropped that game in the mountains of Provo, Utah, to BYU <laughs> earlier this week. Now Baylor's kind of fighting for their life. Houston obviously has had a tremendous season. This would be a huge win for Baylor. But the LJ Cryer element just adds even more intrigue to it already is a fantastic high-level college basketball game taking place on Saturday. I mean, can you even imagine, like, Baylor's the number one three-point shooting field goal percentage team in the country without uh, now LJ Cryer. Yeah. Like, Andy, I can't imagine what this uh, three-point attack would be like with him in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Andy, uh, Houston minus three at Ken Palm. Obviously, we don't have the FanDuel lines yet. That's mm-hmm. intriguing to me on the road, uh, getting three there against the Bears. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, Andy, you mentioned it in the cold open, like you said. Houston's, I mean, gosh, I'm thinking back to Monday. This the the defense of Houston and the defense of Iowa State was just on point yeah. that night. This Houston defense is everywhere. It's active, they're disruptive. I wouldn't even want to like be anywhere near that. And yet Baylor's offense is adjusted efficiency is so high as well. You said something's got to give. Andy, I want you to answer your own question. <laughs> What's gonna give? I think Baylor's going to struggle offensively more than they typically do in this game. I think that's what's going to give. 
in part because we've seen that from Baylor already this year. Hmm. They have had games where the offense disappears, usually not for a full 40. I think a lot of that is a testament to the coach that is Scott Drew and his ability to make in-game adjustments and and light a fire under his guys or whatever needs to happen to kind of make sure that they don't just slog through an entire 40-minute game. But if there is a team that can make you slog through a full 40-minute game, it is the Houston Cougars. They slow you down. They don't play a very fast pace. They have a really frenetic attacking defense. Uh, It is frustrating. They are disciplined. They are consistent on that end of the floor. And I think Baylor is really reliant on the three-point shot, and and for good reason. They should be. They're incredibly good at it. But I think ultimately the combination of playing this elite defense – the combination of, of some of the emotion in this game, even though they are at home, which is obviously a huge advantage for them. I think that there's just, it, unless they are perfect, I think Houston has the advantage here. And I think, it, again, like we saw in the Michigan State game, I know that was a while ago. I know the team is different than then, but like that team just completely vanished for an entire half offensively. Whereas Houston hasn't had a lot of just like, oh, we didn't play good defense this half. Like yeah. that doesn't happen as much. And so I think that that combination combined with, I think Houston's got an advantage in the front court. I think a huge element in this game is going to be Eves Missy. If he has like a really, really, really good game, the kind of game that boosts you like 10 spots on every mock draft board, which is <laughs> quite a bit. If he can do that and punish Houston's bigs and get a bunch of rebounds and clean up on the offensive glass, that's a huge difference maker. But ultimately, in a vacuum, I trust Houston's front court more than Baylor's. And that, combined with Houston's elite and disciplined defense, I think gives them the advantage. That said, three-point line feels about right. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's going to come down to the last couple possessions. Well, you know, when you mentioned that front court, you've also got kind of some more age and experience within the Big 12 in the Mm backcourt. I know, as we've been talking about, LJ Cryer is obviously a transfer but within the Big 12, Jamal mm-hmm. Shedd has been an absolute dude. Yeah. And and you've got, you know, a little bit more inexperience for the Baylor backcourt, obviously with Jacoby Walter. And I know mm-hmm. Ray J. Dennis has collegiate experience, but, you know, it just brings in less of that at, mm-hmm. at the Big 12 level. And right. so um, there could be just even some veteran experience differences there. And Andy, I you know what? I misspoke. I'm looking in real time. Baylor has dropped to second in the nation in three-point field goal percentage. Wow. My most profound apologies for that. Um, <laughs> but look, and that, what's interesting about it is that's where Houston really shines too. Their three-point defense is 13th, 29.6%. They're allowing opponents while Baylor is shooting 40.4 from three. So that will be a critical thing to monitor. Andy, should we go to Rupp Arena? Yes, let's do it. Man, number 13, Alabama coming off surviving that Florida Gator. That was a phenomenal game on Wednesday. I'm still kind of reeling from it. Florida probably still kicking themselves for not getting Mm -hmm. that. Kentucky, though, meanwhile, number 17 in the nation at home at Rupp. They're feeling like they probably should have won after that 16-0 run to take a 15-point lead um, over LSU early in the second half. So both these teams, even though Bama's coming off a win and Kentucky off a loss, they're both probably feeling like they got something to prove in this game. Andy, it'll be just a couple hours later on the same network, 4 o'clock on CBS. So I hope the game in between them is good because, wow. (laughs) Um, But uh, Ken Palm has the line for this one. Alabama on the road, minus two, Andy. So the road team, at least at Ken Palm, favored in both of these big-time matchups. 
Yeah, hard not to. I mean, Kentucky has struggled at home. I mean, it's been a huge storyline this season as they have not played well at Rep Arena this year. Alabama has obviously kind of run the table at the top of the SEC, not something we expected coming into the regular season, certainly not coming into the, the conference season when Alabama kind of struggled in non-conference play. And yet they have been at the top for the entirety of really the last six weeks or so. And to me, this game is kind of, it's almost the opposite of the last game, at least some ways, because neither of these teams are very good defensively. <laughs> Uh, they're both and that's putting it kindly, let's be honest. Yes, that, yeah, and they're both fantastic offensively. Currently, as we're recording, Ken Palm has Alabama's adjusted defensive efficiency at Offensive. 73rd, oh, and their defensive efficiency is at 77. So 73 and 77. Sorry, Alabama's defensive efficiency is 73, Kentucky's is 77. Offensively, Alabama's first, Kentucky's ninth. <laughs> two top 10 offenses, two basically top 75 defenses, barely. It's going to be the first two 110. Like I legitimately, this game is going to be an incredibly high scoring back and forth bucket after bucket after bucket affair. Mark Sears, uh, Aaron Estrada, you got Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, Reed Shepard. It's going to be guards. It's it's going to be an absolute blast of a game. I think it's going to come down in, in some ways to rebounding in the front court. Who's going to get more second chance opportunities. I think that's going to be a big part of it. Trey Mitchell's health, uh, certainly going to be a big storyline. If he's, if he's back and healthy and hundred percent, that's huge for Kentucky. If he's not, they're going to rely more on Onyenso, who's been very good lately and a Thiero, who's also played well lately, but that's going to be a big part of this game. Can Grant Nelson, who had a massive game, against Florida. Can he play at that level or close to that level for Alabama? Again, if they have a, a full complete game from their front court, I think that gives them a big advantage, but I think there's a, there's a lot of intrigue and excitement about this one. Yeah. Andy, you know, as, as you're talking there, I'm sitting here trying to think like, who is the most important player in this game? Is it one of the superstars? Is it one of the X factors? And I think for me, it's Rob Dillingham. Um, you know, in the first half of the LSU game, two points, and then went off for 21 after halftime, mm -hmm. including that what looked like it was going to be the game-winning ridiculous step back uh, yeah. to give Kentucky that one-point lead. Um, I think if Dillingham can just get off and going, um, that, that that could be good. But if the more experienced transfer guards from Bama can kind of put give him some problems, I know neither of these teams as a whole are great defensively, but if they can cause some problems for Dillingham, um, then, then that could be a critical factor. So what, just one of those games where it feels like there could be just somebody we're not really thinking about that just could be that critical X factor to bring home a win for either team. So Nate Oates, John Calipari, I love that matchup. Two of the great characters mm -hmm. in college basketball should be a lot of fun. Well, Andy, we've said four of the top 25 teams. There are 10 of the top 25 teams that are on the road against unranked opponents this weekend, including two top 10 teams on the road. Who's going to get upset? Is it going to be 10 and 0 like we joked about earlier? We'll make our picks in just a second. Right after I tell you this episode's brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Ibotta. Grocery bills. Andy, they're so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Ibotta, a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, which helps me as a parent of two. And Andy, going to help you really soon, my man, yeah. so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what 
you're purchasing. The average I bought a user, Andy, how about this? Earns $256 back a year. Wow. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, maybe even diapers. <laughs> Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash to your bank or PayPal or gift cards. Any of those work. Right now, is Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying it out by using the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE to earn a free $5 just for trying. Andy, how about this? On Saturday, 21 of the 25 AP-ranked teams are in action. 10 of them are on the road at unranked opponents. You said it earlier, it's a ridiculous storyline that's a big part of this season, but it carries on. Three of them are top 10 games, or top 10 teams at unranked opponents. Two on Saturday, one on Sunday. That's number three, Purdue at Michigan, two o'clock CBS. Andy, let's not really spend any time on that one because we don't think Purdue is going to have the same problem that they did against Michigan's uh, bitter football rival last weekend. (laughs) But we want to start with two ACC top 10 teams. Number eight, Duke at Wake Forest. That's two o'clock on ESPN followed the very next game after that is number 10 Carol North Carolina at Virginia four o'clock on ESPN. This is really interesting, Andy, because we have all three of the top three teams in the ACC standings. And then we've got Wake Forest, which is just right there. Guess what? Fourth. So we've got the top four teams in the ACC in action against each other on Saturday. Andy, my first question to you before we look at the games individually which of these four teams is this game most important for? I think the game's most important for, I guess I should say. Sorry. I think it's Wake Forest. I think it has to be Wake Forest. I mean, that's they're the bubbliest team out of this group. Obviously, Duke and Carolina, they're competing to, to win the ACC, certainly from a narrative perspective. Uh, losing these games on the road could be problematic for them. But Wake Forest needs a quad one win. I believe they're one in five in quad one games as we're recording this. Uh, they need They need to pick up another one. They need to prove they can beat the powerhouses in this conference if they want to get an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. This game, to me, has like very significant ramifications for Wake Forest. I think their only other quad one opportunity is a home game against Clemson. And the last time I checked, Clemson was like barely in the top 30. So that might not even hold. They also a- have at Virginia Tech. Andy oh, they do? Right okay, now. so they have one more quad yeah. one game. And at Virginia Tech is definitely winnable for Wake Forest. If they can get that one and they can get this Duke game, then they have three quad plus, one games. Plus that Clemson game you mentioned. Plus that Clemson game Potentially, that puts them in a, I mean, they're secure if they win probably two of these games, three of them for sure. Uh, but this game is is big because it's not just a quad one game the same way that Virginia Tech's a quad one game or Clemson. It's a, it's a game against Duke. It's a game against a top 10 team. I think Wake Forest is capable of winning this game, but I think it is the most important for them. Virginia's probably second just because the narrative around them has been not so good le- lately, especially after that blowout loss to Virginia Tech. I don't think they're as much in, in as much danger of falling out of the tournament, uh, but if they get absolutely boat raced by North Carolina at home, that's not going to help those narrative. That's not going to help the momentum that they need to build for the rest of the year. Obviously, this game matters for both the top 10 teams here as well, uh, but those two teams are, are kind of fighting in, in a different way right now. Yeah, Andy, I think you laid that out really well because in terms of like NCAA tournament life, it is Wake Forest because the other three teams, I believe, are all locks right now. At least John Gasway's latest ESPN had all three of those teams locks. But for Virginia, this is about resume. This is about seeding. This is about 
who are we want to be? This is a team that in their last two games have scored 41 and 49 points, one of which was against Wake Forest, I might yeah. add. And so I think if you're Virginia, you've got to show, look, North Carolina's coming to town. I know that North Carolina is actually more highly rated defensively than offensively this year. But if you're Virginia, you need to show like we can get up into the 70s, 80s, which which they did prior to those last two games. But to be able to do so consistently and then shut down a Carolina offense, that's really strong. Um, and so and, and then also all four of these teams are vying for that critical double buy in the ACC tournament, which the top four teams get. And so they all want to hang around there. North Carolina and Duke both really feel safe in that regard mm -hmm. right now. Um, and so, so that's another reason why this is a more important game for both Wake and Virginia. Andy, yeah. let's let's briefly say a couple words about these games individually. What what do you make of Duke, their third straight road game, one at Florida State, one at Miami, and now a little shorter trip, but probably the most dangerous of those three games? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I, Wake Forest, they have really good guard play. They space the floor well. They attack the rim really well. Hunter Salas has played some fantastic basketball. Efton Reed's been coming around as of late. Like I like what Wake Forest can do, but I, I, I think it's a tough matchup for them. Duke's a tough matchup for a lot of reasons, yeah, but right. I think they're going to struggle defensively. I think they're going to have a hard time with Kyle Filipowski. I think as long as Duke doesn't shoot themselves, I, I think if they can you know, play their brand of basketball, not have guys you know, committing dumb fouls or taking – bad shots, uh, not getting impacted by playing on the road. I, I like Duke's chances in this one. I think that they're a, a matchup issue for Wake Forest oh. uh, in, a, in a way that I'm not sure a, a lot of other teams, even really good teams are. And I think that Duke's going to be able to win this one. But uh, Wake Forest certainly has the the talent. They have the, the basketball players on this roster to potentially uh, get this thing done. But I, I like Duke in this one. Okay. Duke favored by one at Ken Palm. Going to be really interesting to see what kind of game Hunter Salas has. Yeah. As a reminder, Tyrese Proctor was back for Duke in their last game, came off the bench though. So we'll see. Um, Andy, any thoughts quickly, briefly on Carolina and Virginia? Yeah. Virginia is so hard to peg, to pin down. I mean, they're just, they're so like, they, they could, they could absolutely win this game. They could absolutely win this game at home, slow Carolina down, frustrate RJ Davis, have an efficient shooting night from Reese Beekman. Like they could absolutely do it. There, it is. There's a clear path to do it. They could also get annihilated. Like I mean, they could absolutely get crushed in this game. It's when Virginia loses, they lose badly. And Carolina, if they come out hot, if they hit some big shots, if Cormac Ryan has a good game, spaces the floor. Like I could see Carolina being up 15 at half and it never being closer than that yeah. for the rest of the game. I'm leaning towards it being that. But I don't feel like this is, and this is totally what's going to happen now that I'm saying this. <laughs> I don't feel like it's going to be a game where like Carolina is just like up eight to ten throughout the game. We've seen Carolina do that to a lot of teams. There, they just, you know, they build a decent enough lead and they and never game. let the team get super close. But they also yep. don't blow them out. Yep. Virginia feels like they're either going to win or get blown out, and so yep. I think it's going to be one of those two. Carolina, uh, Ken Palm favors Carolina by four in this game. Andy, I was thinking about Cormac Ryan as well. So let me say mm -hmm. something about Elliot Cadeau. I think his ability as a freshman uh, to not get bothered by the Virginia pack line yeah. defense is going to be a critical factor in this as well. Andy, mm -hmm. what you laughed. Should I ask you about it or should we move on? <laughs> no, I just laughed at you saying you're going to talk about Elliot Cadeau <laughs> instead of Cormac Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's just funny. <laughs> then we'll all laugh. And uh, so there's the first two of those games on Saturday. The other seven, number 25, BYU at K-State, two Eastern on Big 12 Network, 
Number 20, South Carolina at Ole Miss, 330 on SEC Network. 23, Texas Tech at UCF, 4, also on the Big 12 ESPN. Plus, number 14, Auburn at UGA, 6 on SEC Network. 21, Wazoo at Arizona State. By the way, we're recording this before Washington State at Arizona on Thursday night, so we don't know that outcome yet. 22, Colorado State at UNLV, 8 on CBS Sports. And number 19, San Diego State at Fresno State, 10 o'clock Eastern, also on CBS Sports. Andy, any of those you want to hit on? I'm, I'm really interested to see the, the Mountain West games are always fun. They're always fun. Colorado State struggled on the road a little bit. UNLV, certainly not one of those top teams, uh, but has played spoiler already in some ways in the Mountain West. Fresno State's not particularly great. I think San Diego State's probably going to take care of business there. But I, I am curious if Colorado State, who lost to New Mexico on the road earlier, oh. if they can pull off oh, a victory here or if not, if that puts them in a position where they fall out of the top 25, potentially even put themselves in a spot where they, they kind of creep closer to the bubble. That's right. As a reminder, Colorado State did beat UNLV at home earlier this season, but just by three points. Mm. Uh, interesting stuff there. Andy, I'm curious to see how Auburn does on the road in Athens. Yeah. Um, you know, how how do they kind of respond with, with losing Jalen Williams for a time? Going to be really interesting to see. Well, Isaac, we kind of touched on some bubble games there, but there is a just a ton, a ton of bubble action taking place this weekend. We got a huge rivalry game in the Big 12. We also got some critical Big East action. All of that coming up. After a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your bet wins. You can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick plays, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And since we were talking about the ACC, here are the FanDuel lines for the ACC regular season champion. UNC favored two, minus 200. Duke is next at plus 140. Virginia would be quite a stunner. They are at plus 3,800 right now. A win over North Carolina certainly would help those odds. Uh, if you want to put some money down on that, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Isaac, tons of more fantastic action going on this weekend. We couldn't have not even come close to getting to all the great games if we wanted to. Uh, and we did, we're going to do the best, our can, best we can to power through some of these other ranked games and some bubble games potentially as well. Uh, we got a couple of top 10 teams that are hosting this weekend. I want to talk about those games real quick. We got Arizona hosting Washington at 2 p.m. on CBS on Saturday. We got Iowa State hosting West Virginia at 2 or at, yes at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. You can watch both those games simultaneously. Texas is going on the road to take on Kansas at 6 p.m. on East, uh, ESPN and then Villanova going to number 1 Yukon, Yukon coming off that loss to Creighton. We'll see how they handle Villanova coming into town. That game's at 8 p.m. on Fox and then finally in the SEC Texas A&M going on the road to take on Rick Barnes in Tennessee, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Isaac, any of those top 10 teams, obviously not going on the road. That's where we've seen the struggles. <laughs> They're all hosting this weekend. Any of those games kind of stand out to you as like potential trap games for those host teams or, or anything in particular? I, the one that's most intriguing to me is Texas A&M at Tennessee, just because of that really, really good backcourt of Texas A&M that we have uh, with <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, with Tyrese Rice, Radford Rice, 
yeah. Radford. Radford. Tyrese Rice is the Boston College player from many years ago. Uh, and Wade <laughs> Taylor. Sorry, my brain is just not going where I need it to go. And so, look, the, we've seen those dudes. When they can get hot, like in that a win against Kentucky earlier this year, they, at any given time, could just have a game. Can they do it against Tennessee's defense in Knoxville? That's another question. But, Andy, if there's a team out of those uh, five that you mentioned, Texas A&M feels like one that could go in and give Tennessee some trouble. It's hard for me to, to pick against Kansas at home. So I, I don't think Texas can realistically pull that's off right. that kind of upset necessarily, but that's definitely the other game of these that intrigues me the most. Uh, I think UConn's going to handle their loss uh, by really, I think they're going to take it to Villanova, to be honest. They did last time. Uh, no, it was a really close game last time, actually, those two teams placed, but I, I think UConn's going to handle their business against Villanova. But I am intrigued with Kansas's depth issues that we've talked about. I think Texas has some players who could make life a little bit more difficult for Kansas. So I think that's going to be a really intriguing mm. game, but mm. I would never, ever bet against the Jayhawks at home. This year on the road, I might be betting against Kansas. They have struggled uh, in those road games, but they have not struggled at home. But I, I do think that that's a pretty compelling game that we got coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I like that take. Andy, one other uh, top 10 team at home this weekend, not on Saturday, though, is Marquette at home, number seven in the nation, 5 p.m. Eastern on FS1. They're hosting Xavier, who's just coming off a uh, tough loss on Wednesday night at the hands of Providence. Andy, can Xavier bounce back and get a win at Marquette, maybe? I think they could. I think they need to. I think <laughs> we're looking at a lot of Big East teams. Like I think Seton Hall is fairly safe outside of the top, the big three in the in the Big East. Obviously, UConn, Marquette, and Creighton. I think Seton Hall's probably in. I think they if they feel more secure to me. But like everybody else, Villanova, Providence, Xavier, Butler, St. John's. Although they're they have a lot of work to do. Uh, they got a great opportunity, by the way. They host Creighton on Sunday. I think that's a a must win game for Rick Pitino and the Johnnies. But all the rest of those teams feel like they're very close to being out of the bubble conversation. Like they're all like barely hanging on. Xavier going on the road in in Milwaukee, beating Marquette, that puts them back in that conversation in a much more secure way. If they don't even though you don't expect them to win that game. One more loss for Xavier might push them out of that conversation. Yeah. I think there's a lot of Big East teams really fighting hard right now to even just stay in that conversation. And uh, it's it's been a, an interesting season in the Big East as we've seen teams cannibalize each other to the point where uh, what we thought was going to be six, maybe seven teams now feels like uh, it might be four, but it might not be more than that. And it's kind of been uh, interesting to watch with, with how these teams have played against each other. Yeah. Andy, speaking of that Creighton game, we mm -hmm. should have had that up in the previous segment there's 11 ranked teams on the road yeah we missed that one <laughs> again uh, uh we had that down in this other segment apologies if you got hung up on us saying there were 10 okay um <laughs> andy should we look at some of these kind of more bubbly games on saturday we've got butler at seton hall 8 30 eastern on fs2 matchup of the oklahomas oklahoma at oklahoma state for eastern on espn2 cincinnati at tcu3 eastern on espn plus and utah at colorado 9 p.m eastern on pac 12 network we'll get to some sunday bubbly stuff here in just a second but andy out of those what are you most intrigued by because they all have a lot of bubbly interest 
Yeah, it's a lot of really good games here. Uh, I think I, I'm I'm less intrigued by Utah at Colorado. I think Colorado needs this one in a major way. If they lose at home to Utah, that pushes them further out of the bubble conversation. Not good. Or it would be good news for the Utes, but I'm not sure uh, that they're in a great spot right now. Anyway, uh, the Big Twelve games are great. Uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. It's a rivalry game. Oklahoma State has played spoiler already a handful of times this year. Uh, Porter Moser's teams need this one. They need this one. Uh, you'd think, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Oklahoma State's not good. Uh, but if Oklahoma doesn't win this one, that's going to be really bad news for them. And even if they do win, it doesn't really help them all that much. It's just a game they have to avoid. Meanwhile, Cincinnati at TCU, it feels like whatever team wins this game uh, pushes themselves into a much more comfortable spot. That feels like the that and Butler and Seton Hall are the two games where it's like all four of those teams really could use a win to make themselves feel a little bit better. Uh, I think TCU at home, they get a, they get a victory here. That's great, great, great for their chances. Seton Hall, I think that might be what cements them if they beat Butler. It, I mean, maybe not cements them, but puts them in a really comfortable spot where we're not as concerned about whether they're actually going to make the big dance. Whereas for Butler and Cincinnati losses, even on the road, they don't they don't have a lot more wiggle room so any losses for those two teams regardless of how they happen who they happen against puts them in a dangerous spot andy uh as always we get some fun american action on sunday we've got smu at south florida which by the way smu uh was also at fau on thursday night again we're recording this before that game happened so we don't know the result of that but that means that smu over the course of thursday to sunday is playing they're the fourth ranked team in the american they're playing the team right tied with i guess so they tied for third not fourth Mm -hmm. uh with smu and then they play the team at the top of the stack south florida on sunday noon on espn too so that's gonna be really interesting there and then fau turns around and goes to memphis on sunday to eastern on espn now look memphis has just fallen off the face of the planet andy but they can and do have the talent where they could win a game like this, especially at FedEx Forum against FAU. Going to be really interesting with both of those. Uh, look, no need for analysis on them because we got to keep cruising here. Andy, importantly, jinx of the week on Thursday night. We are three out of the last four weeks on our jinx of the week. So here it is. Guarantee number four, Arizona wins, hosting number 21, Wazoo, on Thursday night. Even though Arizona is favored by 12 and a half at FanDuel, it's guaranteed to happen. And it's guaranteed that this will be our fourth jinx in the last five weeks. Andy, you think it'll happen again? Yeah, I do. Uh, Folks, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode, getting you ready for another, as Andy said earlier, massive weekend of college basketball. How could you but not love this sport so dearly? We are getting closer and closer to conference tournaments and closer and closer to Selection Sunday. We are going to be with you for so much content on Sunday night, so make sure you're ready for that. If you haven't already joined the Locked on College Basketball Discord, we'd love to have you. Come for the college basketball. Stay for the community. It's great. If you're not subscribed on audio and video, we'd love to have you do that as well. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button so we know that you are here. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats. And until Monday when we recap all of this action, peace. Peace.